Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Advertech Printing, and IP Labs. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by Sarah Ney, who is the COO of Duct Tape Marketing and the founder of Spark Lab Consulting. Uh, she's got a lot of experience in marketing and strategy, and she's here to share her knowledge with us. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? I am doing great. How are you doing, Gary? I'm doing great. Listen, for those who aren't familiar with duct tape marketing, you've actually been around for quite a few years. Oh, about 30 years now. Yeah. How many? <laughs> about 30. So about quite a 30. few. Okay, that's what I was saying. I think I, like I said, I remember seeing duct tape marketing uh, materials back in my PMA days. So what is duct tape marketing? What is its charter as an organization? What do you try and help businesses do? Yeah. So we have two sides of duct tape marketing. On one side, we are a strategic marketing agency. And so on that side of our business, we go into small businesses, we create marketing strategy, and then we move into long-term implementation relationships with our clients. Mm. And so that's one side of our business. And then as we just talked about, we've been doing this for a while, 30 years. So we've built a systematic approach to marketing. Mm -hmm. So we also certify other marketing consultants, agencies in our approach. So they're able to use our approach and go out and work with small businesses as well. So that's kind of our two sides of our business, but it's mm -hmm. all based on building marketing strategy and implementing a marketing effectively, essentially for small businesses. So if somebody comes in their duct tape marketing certified, I'm not sure what that word is or what the phrase is, then they, they've gone through your routine and your program to ensure they're kind of following your uh, three decades of experience. Is that right? Yep, exactly. And so then they're able to use our approach with their clients ultimately. So what is the approach? What, what are the, what, what got you into marketing strategy? Yeah. So it, it started, you know, with John, our founder years ago, when he got into this business is, he uncovered what he thought was a big problem in small businesses is they didn't really know how to purchase marketing. They didn't know how to be effective in their marketing. There's all these tactics just being thrown at people all the time. You should be doing mm -hmm. Facebook ads. You should be doing organic SEO. You should be doing this, this, and this. And so it was just this overwhelming thing. And mm -hmm. so over the last several years, we've been working hard on developing a systematic approach to marketing that okay. always starts with strategy. And so we come in to businesses on the front end mm -hmm. and we start with an audit. So what is someone doing online already? What's their website look like? Their social channels, their email marketing, just mm -hmm. initial kind of baseline where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, it's really important to understand what your competitors are doing. So you can stand out from your competitors and also interviewing your best clients so you can understand more about them and what messaging resonates with them. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of the first part of strategy is doing research essentially to understand those things to then hopefully be able to develop, you know, personas and messaging for your business. Yeah, like I said, part one of strategy, you have to understand who you're targeting, what message resonates with them. Like that's the most important baseline thing you need to do in order to be successful. But then once you understand those pieces, coming up with a plan on how to get in front of those people is important. And so one of mm -hmm. our core concepts is called the marketing hourglass. And so it's essentially all the ways that someone could get to know, like, 
trust, try, buy, repeat, and refer a business. Mm -hmm. And so again, after you know who you're targeting with what message, it's where are you trying to guide them? And then after you've done all that work, you can say, okay, I want to be on these channels with this message to help guide people on this journey. And mm -hmm. so it's a pretty comprehensive program, but you know, it allows people, you know, once they have that, they have a lot of more clarity, confidence, control of their marketing. They don't waste a bunch of money on tactics. And so it's important work to be patient for and to do. Yeah, I think that that's super important because as we're going to get into, I'm sure there are way more ways to spend money in marketing now than ever before. Yeah. There's all kinds of social channels. There's uh, new platforms happening. There's way different approaches. But if you don't have a core understanding of your own business, you're wasting most of your time and money at that point, I would imagine. Yeah. And understanding you know, your ideal clients is where it all starts because you might hear you need to be doing Facebook advertising, but if your ideal clients aren't even on Facebook, then you're going to be wasting your money. And right, then also yeah. on top of that, maybe they're on Facebook, but you don't know what messaging resonates with them. So you don't really mm -hmm. understand their pain points or where they're trying to go. Mm -hmm. And so again, even if they're on Facebook, you're wasting your money because you're not using the correct messaging. So yes, there's, there's absolutely, and I think that's one of the biggest struggles in the small business space with marketing is you're just diving into tactics because you hear you should be doing it but you don't have all of those other pieces. And so you're not being as effective. And also mm -hmm. I often see people just being spread too thin. And so, you exactly. know, maybe you pick, yeah, you, you have to, we help people focus, simplify, be effective on less channels often than mm -hmm. all the channels. Because if you're just kind of somewhat posting on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn without much thought, because you're trying to do it all, Right. You're wasting a lot of energy. And so marketing really does come down to being very careful with what messaging you're using on the channels that your clients are spending most of their time. Is one of the things I've learned, you know, working with small businesses over, over the years is most small business people don't get into their business to be a marketer. Mm -hmm. They because they want to do the type of business that that they're in, whether it's you know, in our industry, the photography industry, the photo industry, they like to print photos, preserve people's memories, decorate homes, do whatever. So that's a whole di different discipline than what it takes to actually do the function that they want to get up and do every day. How do you help a business start that approach? I mean, understanding that they have a problem with that. What's like the number one thing that when you walk in, you say, you know, you're a great uh, dry cleaner. Mm -hmm. It's your first step. Yeah. So I'm going to recommend a book, <laughs> buy back <laughs> your time. <laughs> I know we're just on audio. I was looking at my bookshelf, buy back your time by Dan Martel. Um, mm -hmm. he talks all about, you know, if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a founder, you need to be spending time on areas of your business that grows your revenue and that you enjoy doing. Like that's where most of your time should be spent. And then you should be able to delegate most of everything else. And so if you go into a business, you know, a photographer or, you know, someone in a smaller business, just in general, you know, oftentimes when teams are small, the business owner is doing everything right. kind of well, 
and not as effectively as they could. And so it, I think it's really important to invest in people um, that can handle things like marketing, that can handle things like sales, that can handle things like finances if you need support there, you know, mm -hmm. and really elevating yourself as the business owner to stay in your zone of genius and stay in, you know, your passion, things you love right. doing, because that's where true growth is going to happen. And so in the marketing space specifically, that either means hiring a marketer in-house mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes small businesses struggle with that because then you have to train this person and then you have to manage this person. And now it feels like another project. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, but that's one route. Um, another route, you know, you could hire an outside consultant, a fractional CMO, you know, something like that, that would then come in and basically handle your marketing for you, allowing right. you to focus on things you're passionate about, things you're, you love doing, because <laughs> You can't do it all well. It's just mm -hmm. too much. Even with the expansion of social and all these other channels, you know, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all these things, the measuring of ROI, I think, is the part that a lot of small businesses struggle with. Because, you know, if you send out a direct mail postcard, you knew you'd get a 2% return on that. With digital, it's so much more difficult. What are some of the realistic expectations of someone who, you know, may have done more traditional things, but they start experimenting with digital content or digital marketing? You know, what, what's sort of the reality check there? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Photo retailers, energize your sales with Share Me Chat, the proven texting platform. Using chat-to-text on your website keeps your customers connected and buying. See us at Pro and IPI to find out why dealers using ShareMeChat close more sales without adding staff. Find out more at ShareMe.chat. You know, I, it definitely, like a lot of the organic stuff online, it takes time. I always yeah. tell people that. Like if you're doing organic social media, if you're doing organic SEO, it's not going to make your phone ring tomorrow in most cases right. like you're talking depending on how competitive your industry is you're talking you know three six nine months out but right. it's still an important piece of the puzzle right. um something like paid advertising if you get a funnel working really really well and really predictable you can know how much you're going to spend and what your return is going to look like um very clearly in most cases mm -hmm. where again the organic piece is kind of a little bit more all over the place but i always tell people my clients like you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket when it comes to marketing. And right. so it's really important to, you know, be focused on organic in most cases, to be out there networking, speaking, podcasting, building relationships, being a human is another kind <laughs> of bucket of marketing, I think. And then the last bucket is paid. And so, you know, to your question, even though the organic is sometimes harder to track, like if you can get that going it's going to pay off in the long term and a lot of our client goals is let's let let's have organic working so well we can actually back off of paid because then you don't just have to continue to pay over time right 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 now one of the things that i read in your materials is sort of which which kind of piqued me into to having you on the show was you talk about how to avoid the shiny object syndrome yeah which i have myself have seen that happening a lot because being in the industry we're in, it's an imaging industry. It's very visual. It's video. It's all these things. That's the content that, you know, our listeners, you know, work with for their customers. So they're naturally inclined to 
to have them have the capability to do these things. Yet, like we talked about earlier, you don't necessarily have to be on every single platform. And how do you build the discipline to avoid being distracted so much? It's such a common thing in entrepreneurship, like the distraction element. Um, I, I really think it comes down to in the beginning, like doing a comprehensive strategy, like I talked about earlier, like going through that process once at least in the beginning to kick things off for marketing or wherever mm-hmm. you're at, you can do it today. Um, and then once a quarter, you come back to strategy. And so basically how we do it for our clients and what we recommend is, you know, do the full blown strategy and you'll, at the end, you'll walk away with like four to six of your biggest marketing priorities for that quarter. Mm-hmm. And then about midway through the next quarter, plan out the next quarter of priorities and stick to it as much as you can. Right. And then whenever you get a new shiny idea, If you already have your priorities mapped out, you can say, you know, we already are focusing on these things that we put the strategic work into. It's a great idea, but we'll put it on the list for next quarter and we'll have a discussion when we're planning those priorities, essentially. And so it really just comes down to putting the work in on the front end and then sticking to the plan. Mm -hmm. Not saying it won't ever change and shift, but, you know, you can at least stick closer to it when you when you put the work in like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I think that's one of the things, especially in seasonal businesses like photography, where the fourth quarter is the big season, right? You tend to kind of focus all your eggs in in in, in that direction without realizing that, you know, you are a year-round business. There may be other opportunities you should be planning for and cycling your marketing around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, obviously keeping in mind the full entire year is important, yeah. but you know, only focusing on what's coming up this quarter, what's next, what can we do? And then paying attention to metrics, you know, based on what your priorities are. And so you mentioned direct mail earlier. Like if you're going to send out a direct mailer, you know, have a QR code on there that you can track, have a phone number on there that you can track. um, So you know exactly how many you sent out, how much you paid for, you know, how many calls are coming in, how many of those calls converted. And so that's just one example. But, you know, that will then tell you, let's say you send out three direct mails and you don't get any clients from it, you probably shouldn't do it anymore or you need to change your messaging, you know, but without that level of tracking, you don't know how to shift. You don't know Mm -hmm. what to shift on. And you can track a lot online as well. um, Mm -hmm. But that was just one example. Um, so it's not just what are the priorities, it's what are the priorities sticking to them and then defining metrics that will tell you if you're successful or not on those priorities, which will then tell you to keep working on them or to move forward to something else, essentially. And, and the other the advantage that digital does have, it lets you you know do A-B testing where you can test mm-hmm. some different messages to the same audience or a different audience and that kind of thing. So you do get to test some of that. Um, yeah. Whereas with with some things, you, you, it may be more difficult, traditional advertising, direct mail, things like that. Do you encourage people to do a lot? Because I think what a lot of people tend to do is they tend to look at the channel. And if they're not getting results from the channel, like, you know, Facebook ads or Google ads or whatnot, not realizing that the channel may be fine. It may actually be reaching the customers, but the messaging may be wrong. So they need to, you need to have ways to determine wh- where the problem is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, going to like Facebook or Google ads, you know, for something like that, you need at least like 30 days of strategizing, building, creating Mm -hmm. the different assets on the front end. And then you need at least like 30 days of like testing to see what's going to work and what's not 
working and what images work and what messages work. And then from there, you'll start seeing results. And then from there, it will get better and better and better over time because you're continuing to test and pay attention to the data. And so it's not like a quick, let's turn this on and the phone's going to ring. Like it will ring faster than organic, but there still is time and testing and metrics you need to pay attention to, to understand what's resonating and what's, what's not. And so with like a paid campaign, I would say if you've tried it, you know, for one, two, three months, stay patient, keep paying attention, keep tweaking things here and there, and hopefully it will perform, you know, in the near future for you. Now, the customer journey is also something that you talk about. It's And it's not just where I think many people make mistakes is, is they tend to think of it as, you know, I got the customer in the, in the store and they bought something. But that's only a piece of the customer journey, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's, I touched on earlier when I was talking about strategy a bit. It's what we call the hourglass. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people previously thought of marketing as just getting in front of more and more and more people. And exactly. that's a piece. That's a piece. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's not always more people. It's the right people. So it's a bit of a shift there even. But, you know, for us, it's you're getting in front of those people and so it's no, and then they get to like and trust you. And then maybe they try your services on some level. And then mm-hmm. they buy, which is coming like and coming in the store and buying something. That's what you talked about. But it doesn't end there. Like you said, then repeat and refer are the next two stages. So right. how can you like capture an email address and send them a monthly newsletter and send them offers and continue to nurture their them from there after they come in once? Um, and then refer, like how are you going to blow them away throughout that whole entire process so they're willing to refer? you to people they know um, because the, the magical thing about referrals is it helps people go through the front half of the hourglass so much faster because right. there's already a lot of like and trust and no built in and right. so you know oftentimes they can go through those phases really fast and be ready to try and buy um, so that's where you know if someone's in business that has clients that aren't gaining enough awareness at this moment it's like can we look at your existing client base and can we sell more to them and can we generate referrals from them because that oftentimes can lead to faster quicker more predictable growth than launching new marketing campaigns from the beginning so when we're thinking about marketing it's really marketing sales and service Mm -hmm. are all kind of included in the customer journey so the referral piece I keep hearing about, which seems to me like there's more and more attention being to it because it is so valuable. A, a review of your service on Google, on your Google mm-hmm. page is far more valuable than probably a Google ad itself, probably. <laughs> what are some of the ways that you can tactfully build a referral base? Because you know not everyone's going to want to give you a referral. There are some referrals you probably don't want to get. Just are there one or two things people should keep in mind and like how often do you bug people or request referrals or that sort of thing? Yeah, I think it comes down to, as I said, providing a great experience through that whole customer journey is going to then make it when you ask for the referral that much easier. And so I have a client that's a dentist and her marketing, we we do her marketing. I think it's pretty solid. (laughs) But then when people come into her office, she's incredible. Like she blows people away. They have an incredible experience. She listens to them. She educates them. Like she's just great at what she does. And so then when people leave the office, they're happy. They met her for the first time. They loved her. Um, And so that's when she, her team sends a text message to ask for a referral through text message and email. Um, So I really think it comes down to with referrals. There's no like 
magic pill, but it comes like down from taking care of people throughout your process, the customer journey, and then asking in the right moment, and then making it as easy as possible for someone to actually do it. And so sending a text message to their phone where they can click a link and then type some things into Google and then hit submit, like that's, you don't want to have any barriers. If you send right. them something, then they have to like go figure out, like they're just- an account or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And the asking in the right moment, I think, is huge too. So, you know, if you're a retail business, someone comes into your store, they're thrilled. Can you hit them right away somehow? Versus like, you know, some people in the past, before they started working with us, it's like, oh, I have this list of people that purchased from us like six months ago. Can we ask them for refuse and referrals? I'm like, they might respond if they remember you at this point. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's a timing thing. It's a whole experience thing. And then it's genuinely like asking and adding some personality to it as well. Yeah, I think you hit on a good point, though, is you actually have to do the job well. Yeah. Right? You have to follow up on your marketing promise because no amount of marketing is going to make up for the fact if your overall business itself is not up to snuff. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, just think of businesses in your life that have done a great job that you've had a great experience with and they've never asked you to referral refer, but you naturally do it you just do it because you had a good experience and you all of a sudden want to tell all your families and friends so they can benefit from this great experience. Like that's the best thing you can do, honestly, for referrals. Have you had an experience where you, it's okay if you don't, but I would, it just, that just made me think of something. Let's say you, you bring on a potential client or whatever, and you realize that they're actually not running their business very well and marketing will not work for them. That's a tough conversation. Yes, which is actually why Spark Lab Consulting is the second business that we created, uh, because that business is more focused on operations and okay. scaling effectively, um, because marketing, you can spend all your money on marketing, but then if you provide a bad customer experience, people aren't going to come back, people are going to leave bad reviews, people are going to, you know, it's exactly. it's just a mess. And so you really have to have in order to be successful and grow in a predictable way, you have to have mm -hmm. the operations buttoned up first before right. you really invest in marketing is my belief. Uh, yeah. Or you're just wasting, again, you're just wasting money because people won't be happy. I agree because I, I run into that, you know, where, uh, where people, you know, if they're not doing a great job with what they're doing, no amount of marketing is going to solve that problem. And yet no. that's what point to. That's not working. Well, it's because yeah. they're not working. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like I've had clients in the past be like, marketing's not working. And I'm like, well, let's look at the leads that came in, like on the form that you, that our people are filling out. Like that's our goal. And then we'll like, look at it together and like, like take them five days to respond to this person and six days to respond to this person. It's like the marketing's yeah. working. The yeah. sales is where the drop off is at this point, because you speed the lead. You got to get back to people as, as soon as you possibly can in a situation yeah. like that. So exactly. yeah, I mean, you definitely, the better, like my favorite clients when they come to us is when they have a great product or service or customer experience, but they're ready to turn on marketing. Like that's, you need both. Yeah. Yeah. So where does someone go for more information about duct tape marketing and the type of things you offer and maybe to find a local person who may be certified in their area? Yeah, they can just go to ducttapemarketing.com. So it's D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E marketing.com. Um, and then on our website in the top nav, there's find a certified agency. And so that's where our agencies and consultants are listed as well. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah, for your time today. I think you've been very helpful, I think, to people who are in the trenches, who are looking, expanding the market, and you've given them some great ideas and some great things to do and hope you have a great day. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.